For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club Podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I'm your host, the Corey C., along with very special guests. But first things first, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, go follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook. It all helps the cause, which is the I love. Jackson State University. Joining me today, we have Mike B, Clay, and Neely. What's up, guys? What's hey, going on, Corey? All so right, forward. ready to talk some hoops? Oh, yeah. Always. All right. It's <laughs> perfect timing because the men's team is on fire. Five games in a row, so we had to come on and talk about it. So, five-game winning streak. Coach Brent seems to have his team uh, clicking on all cylinders at the right time. So what do you guys uh, think uh, we can attribute this turnaround to? What sparked it? I think it's it's a couple of things. You know, when you look at the losses to A&M and SU, you know, those games, we didn't hit our free throws. We lost to SU by six, and we missed nine free throws. For Texas Southern, the first half, we didn't play defense really well. We gave up like 38 to 40 points. And for Prairie View, we had 24 turnovers. So when you go back and look at the wins and the things we did do well, we shot free throws well, we played good defense, we took care of the wins. You know, we did things offensively from our top players, and we took care of the ball. So if we can continue to do those things going down the stretch, we should finish real strong in the second half of conference play. Yeah, I I agree with that assessment uh, from a a basketball uh, standpoint, from a tangible basketball standpoint. But but I I think there's an intangible – uh, quality there that uh, you know the student athletes uh, they they know the deals just like the alumni and fan base does and they hear the rumors and and they're on social media and they know that their head coach is in the final year of a contract and right. I think that there was a just a inside the locker room and a, a intangible fire lit amongst players to to really grit and grind and 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 you know try to get this this season going in the right direction for a head coach, and, and they've responded to that. It's interesting that you say that because I kind of wondered that because we can kind of sense it as fans uh, that something needed to turn around right away, and it seems like the players responded. So you, you guys agree with Neely? You guys think the players kind of sense that as well, and they set it up for their coach? Yeah, I can yeah, see absolutely. Happened. Yeah. And Mike, you kind of yeah. predicted that they were about to go on a run. So what? Made, and you predicted it right before the five games. <laughs> Like you yeah. literally said, watch, Brent is about to go on a run. And we yeah, right. laughed. Uh, I don't know if you were being sarcastic or what, but, but it happened. And after every win, you reminded us. You, you showed us that text. Said, Here's the text, remember? So what made you think yeah. so? Because yeah. there was a lot know. of doubt. There was a lot of skepticism yeah. and doubt. Yeah. Well, you know, well, first we'll start with the intangible. Like Neela said, they kind of had their, their backs against the walls, and they felt like they were 
you know, on the edge of the cliff. So they, they kind of caught their ways out of there. But for me, I was just looking at the roster. You, you can look at the players uh, mm-hmm. from individually and see that we have the potential to have a pretty good team. But just for whatever reason, we just couldn't put it all together uh, during the, the first beginning of swipe play. We were still trying to find our identity on the offensive end. We had some defensive miscues, so we were still trying to put it all together. And then we just went on the five-game tear, and I was listening to uh, Tristan Jarrett during the, the Southern post-game presser, and he attributed to everybody buying in to what, what their role is on the team and buying into what Coach Branch is selling. So uh, right. now you see kids playing for the name on the jersey rather than the number. Right. And uh, my hat goes off to Coach Brent for – you know, coaching those guys up and rallying them and leading them on this um, this win streak with that they're on. So, Corey, I think when it comes down to it, we're, we're a really good team. We just happen to go on a three-game losing streak at the beginning of swag play. But uh, right now it's a good thing to see. Five games in, we're rolling. And, you know, these kids, they've dug in and settled into their respective roles. And now as a collective, we see what this team actually can be, which is a top-tier swag team. All right. And in order to get to that top-tier uh, status, Obviously, it's all about our record, and we're trending uh, in the right direction. And I know, Clay, you mentioned the other day, it brought to my attention that, you know, we Brent typically kind of finishes around that 10-8, and 9-9 and nine regular season mark within the conference the past three years or so. But you think you said you think he can go 12-6 and six this year, so, so why so? Yeah, I, I attribute that to, like, you know, two things. You know, this year we have better shooters as well. You know, Benji, he was our leading scorer last season. This year we have, you know, Tristan Jarrett, we have Roland Griffin, who are the top scorers in the sweat. And another thing I attribute to is being healthy. You know, this is the first time since maybe that 15, 16 season where we went, you know, 14, 7, got to the championship right, game right. and lost to Southern, you know, that we haven't been plagued with injuries and had those guys miss a lot of time, you know, a lot of practices, a lot of games. So I attribute to better scores and, you know, being healthy. Right. Yeah, I, I, and, and, I agree with that assessment as well, man. I, I think that when you when you take – uh, you know, the the games before this win streak, you take the games after this win streak, and then you just mm-hmm. look at the uh, the total team uh, composure and even the organization composure. You know, as you said, man, the, the past years, we have just been bitten at the worst times with key <laughs> players with injuries. Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, brought in some new folks for strength and conditioning, brought in the offseason program that was a little different. And so, you know, hats off to, to Coach Brent for that because sometimes it's hard when you've been doing something the same way for so long to, to mm-hmm. adjust and try something new. So clearly the conditioning and, and the off season program has got these guys where they're not as prone to, uh, to injuries as we have been in, in past Brent teams. And then another point, you know, you mentioned Vinja being our leader score, leading score in the past, you know, uh, as a fan who's been at, at each one of these home games, at least, you know, you could see early on uh, in those tough games or those losses, that mm-hmm. as it relates to, to Vinji's role or, you know, Roland coming on board or that, you know, it, five players out in this one ball. And so mm-hmm. you've got to learn how to play with this new system, these new team, new teammates. And, and that just took some adjusting for a while. And they seem to right. now know who needs to be on the floor at what time and how they can work together and communicate. Uh, and I think they went through those growing pains uh, in December and January and now on this win streak. You know, whether we have these wins where we scored a bunch or we have these wins where, you know, it's 25 to 23, you know, halftime of a boys game, these guys right. found a way to to win together and adjust to their new roles. Right. And then you guys are talking about that scoring a lot, uh, you know, going back to last year. But, you know, this year, obviously, Tristan leading the team in scoring. But let's talk about this dynamic duo offensively. Tristan and his partner in crime, Roland, 
because I said Tristan leading the conference in scoring. Uh, first of all, you, you guys think he can can hold up and finish number one in scoring? I think oh, he yeah. can. Yes. Yeah, looking at um, what's left on our schedule, um, you know, I, I don't see a lot of um, – well, outside of the, you know, the Texas teams, you know, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, your Valleys and your Pine Bluffs and I think the, um, the Alabama schools. I think you have enough – you know, impressive outings to, to maintain the number one spot. Yeah, yeah, Michael Green is on his tail from Valley, though. He's right on him. Yeah, I, I think that 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 the Tristan, his, his confidence uh, has, has really grown, uh, particularly during his win streak, uh, but just the, in the season as a whole, uh, body language-wise, I'm big on body language, and he seemed early in the season uh, mm-hmm. to get down on himself after a miss. Uh, and and one thing that happened uh, uh, a recent home game, uh, you know, he went in for a dunk first play of the game, and he misses dunk. Well, in yep. that same possession, you know, he gets the rebound, and he immediately shoots the three and drains it. Six weeks ago, I don't know if he would have taken that second shot after missing that first one. And, and so now he appears to be in this psychological zone that I'm not counting my misses. <laughs> you know, if I, if I got the <laughs> shot, if I got the look, I'm taking it. I don't care if exactly. I four in a row. I'm going to shoot this fifth one like I've made made four in a row. And I think right. that has led to his, his scoring prowess and even the team getting behind him. Right. And going back to that dynamic duo, it seems to me like they're just getting better and better from game to game as far as gelling. What, what are you guys seeing with those two, Tristan and Rose? Yeah, I think they are. You know, it, 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 here's something they, I think they got to be careful of going forward as teams adjust to just focus the defense on them. Mm-hmm. They are such dynamic players when they have the ball that the other four people stand around and watch them play. Right. And and we've got to get out of that mode and, and get some right. motion and right. faster boards because it's, it's easy to sit back and, I, you know, I, I call them rolling black Moses. You know, okay. he <laughs> looks like a young Isaac Hayes. And he he laughs when he hears me yell that, but I just I call him <laughs> guy. But he, he is his play style makes you become a spectator. And it does. basketball is still a team sport. So we're gonna have to, you know, kind of keep an eye on that as uh, as we particularly get closer and closer in the march and into the tournament. But I don't see any reason why these two guys together, you know, can't just keep this win streak going with the with the augmented cast that they have. Particularly with J Mac cleaning up the boards. If you keep him out of foul trouble, oh right. If he stays on the floor, then I mean that 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 three headed monster there with him crashing the boards and putting back dunks and his his right. blocks on defense, they got it going. Right, they do absolutely. And we caught up with uh, Coach Brandon, got some audio of him talking about that dynamic duo. You know, yeah, we can we can get that kind of scoring from two guys. You're talking about two two guys who average 17, 18 points a game. You know, if you can get Twitter from both of them, that's 40 points. And then if you get our other guys to, to chip to chip in here and there, Dantelga Walt hit two threes. Like Kano came in and, and, hit, and hit a hit a three. I think Benji Wallace had a couple of big layups. Uh, Jones was solid running the points. So and we can get them to 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 be consistent and, and, and take good shots and continue to to score around that 20 point mark. I think we can we can consistently be good in this league. So how hard do you think we ought to beat when they when those guys combine for forty or more points? Man, that, really I, hard. it's yeah, it's it's almost it's almost impossible to beat. You know, those those right. Texas teams are tough, uh, and and they got some length on us, and and there's so many dynamics like the way we open up this podcast. 
importance of making free throws, uh, the importance of taking care of the ball, and those things, you know, have an impact on scoring or what scoring means. Uh, but when we're rolling on all cylinders, whether it is a low-scoring, grinded-out game, uh, because we're we're not extremely proficient, you know, beyond the three, like you know, the swag is known to be historically. But it, it may be a fifty to forty-eight game, but but Jackson State can have the fifty. Uh, right. It's just you got to still take care of the ball and do the fundamental things. All right, you are listening to Tiger Talk with the fourteen hundred Club. D. Corey C. I'm here with Mike B., Clay, and Neely. We'll be back in one moment. JSU really does challenge minds and change lives. I came in uh, personally as an introvert. I was very to myself, being able to come out of my shell and reach out to people who I see may need guidance. And it's been for my good, ultimately. Uh, Jackson State provides a level playing field for students to kind of develop their own skills on their own pace, but also challenges us to be our best and pull out potential that's already there, but we may not see. My name is Michael Peterson. I'm a senior social work major in the College of Public Service at Jackson State University. All right, welcome back. Obviously, we're talking about the men's basketball team, but we cannot forget about the Red Hot Ladies on a, what's that, 11-game winning streak? I can't even keep up anymore. Is it 11 right now? <laughs> yes. Yeah, the recording? Okay. 11, yeah. they, they are led by Amisha Williams, and we have some exciting news to announce about Anisha. Mike? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Amisha Williams. I'm sorry, Amisha Williams named the SWAC offensive, well, SWAC player of the week after showings against uh, Southern and Alcorn. Uh, over the weekend, and man, she's just been been doing her thing. You know, my head goes off to Coach Reed, who got these uh, Lady Tigers going. But uh, she has been just an absolute fine for us. Over the past weekend, she had 14 points on seven of 11 shooting for the field, nine rebounds versus the Braves, and followed that up with 17 points, 13 rebounds, and six block shots versus Southern. So. Uh, hats off and congratulations to Amisha Williams, Swag Player of the Week, and hope those Lady Tigers keep it going, undefeated all the way through. Let's go. Indeed, and we caught up with Coach Reed as well, just talking about Amisha, and I didn't know it, but Amisha kind of started out wanting to play a little bit on the outside on the perimeter, despite that size, one of the tallest uh, players in the Swag. Uh, So Coach Reed kind of had to convince her to get underneath that basket and (laughs) really reach her full potential, and uh, this is what Coach Reed had to say about that. Misha coming from Mississippi State was an outside kind of player. She liked to shoot jump shots. She liked to put the ball on the floor and get to the basket. And, you know, we started um, bringing Marnisha Hamer off the bench so Marnisha could bring that up-tempo aggression and, and excitement. And so we were starting Amisha, and we told Amisha, if you're going to be in the starting lineup, you got to play tough around the block. So every day she come in and be an extra work, and she's playing with her back to the basket. My coaches challenge her. I have a coach that's about 6'6", and he get out there, and he, put, he lay his body on her. She's got a push from his body. You know, my coaches and the players, Marnisha, they, they are posting up on her down low, making her tougher. She has gotten a lot of tougher, and that's the difference in her game, her toughness. Um, and so I'm just really excited that she went from an outside player to inside, and so that's kept us tremendously. All right, yeah, stay down on that block, Amisha. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right, you need those rebounds. Huh? <laughs> I tell you, man, though, uh, it's not just the, the six blocks, uh, but it's the – it's the situation that she got those six blocks. I mean, the the blocks, those the six blocks she got against Southern, man, those those were going to be twelve points. You know, right. uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they were they were game changing not only in the final score, uh, 
uh, because that game got – I think we blew a 17-point lead. We uh, did. That, that, that game got real tight. That's, those 12 points made a difference. But the momentum uh, and the swing after those blocks, I think we went on to not only stop them from scoring, but we scored after each one of her blocks. Uh, and so yeah. having her present wow. down there and, and a credit to Coach Reed and getting Mo Hamer to buy into coming off the bench, uh, which is which has even sparked her game. Less minutes has led to more pro- productivity in that regard. So uh, they're, they're clicking, man. Indeed. And uh, Mo was talking about that as well, about her coming off the bench. And she said it wasn't a problem. She said she actually requested that and she'd rather come off the bench. So, you know, from an attitude standpoint, definitely a leader and a team player, especially your senior year. We're talking about a player who was potentially, you know, conference player of the year going into the season, a potential candidate. Mm -hmm. So for her to make that Mm -hmm. sacrifice, she said, I don't care as long as we win and they are winning. So great job. Kudos to Coach Reed. Kudos to Amisha being named SWAC Player of the Week, and definitely, uh, you know, great job with those blocks. As you said, that was a difference in the game. And, you know, it's all about defense. And this, with the men, I want to talk about defense with, with those guys as well. How important is our defense being that we're near the bottom of the nation in three-point shooting? Now, Neely, you kind of touched on that. But can we win this way, or do we need uh, for that third scorer to emerge? I, I think we can win that way. Uh, you know, again, don't don't uh, assuming we don't give on fundamentals, you know, uh, limit our turnovers. Uh, make make the super majority of our free throws, understanding we're going to miss some. Uh, but the key to it is is Jay Mack, number 11, uh, McKinnis, man. You know, he, he is a defensive presence. He changes the game when he's in there. But early on, you know, we can't have the mental lapses where he's reaching in and getting ticky-tack fouls and right. then having right. to sit. Uh, if if he can control, you know, that energy early in the game where we don't pick up those, those uh, small kind of fouls, uh, that defensive presence, it helps us when we have those low-scoring nights. You know, that recent game against Southern, it looked like it was going to be a low-scoring night. I mean, we, we didn't have 25, 30 points in the first half. Uh, right. We went on this explosion run, and, and he had to sit most of the first half. Uh, right. So it's it's key to just have him on the floor and out of foul, out of foul trouble because that helps that defensive end. Right. And, and with Javius, you know, he is that third scorer. You know, this is the guy that's averaging 10 points per game. So I actually had him down as my defensive player of the year. Hey, Amen. For the, for the conference, oh, yeah. you think? For the conference. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. You know, he leads yeah. the swag and rebounding, you know. And blocks. Yeah. Right. I, I, I want to point out another guy uh, that I'm, I'm just a, a fan of, man. Uh, not a lot of points, uh, not a lot of minutes. But his energy on the bench, he's like another coach. And when he gets on the floor, he makes the most of those minutes. And that's number 30, Khalil Spencer. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just see uh, how the game changes. He's almost – It, you know, when, when, it changed for Southern, right, when he got in, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. That night. Yeah, uh, definitely. It, it, when you look at what Draymond Green was for those Golden State Championships – that's him on this team. You know, he is the energy blue, guy. blue. He's the Defensive he's guy. doing the little things. He's encouraging. Uh, he's hustling. He's getting back on defense. He's doing whatever it takes. Uh, and he gets kind of lost in the shuffle, you know, from having these primetime scores and primetime shot blockers. Uh, he's just a workman out there. He's the blue-collar guy of this team. I, I just like what he brings to the table. And just speaking of that defensive effort against Southern, I know you guys were talking about that. I was really impressed with, with how they kind of held Southern down, and we caught up with uh, Coach Brady, and he was impressed, and he talked about that as well. 
How about guys came out and, and really competed, uh, you know, holding us up to, to 22 points uh, in the half and uh, in the 51 for a game, you know. You're talking about Division One players, you're talking about a team that, that, that's probably the best team in our league at pushing the ball and transition to, to be able to hold them to, to 21 points. I thought that was the, the key to the game, us making it a half-court game for them, but still for us getting out in transition and controlling the tempo for all right, so definitely defense, defense, defense. Keep it up, guys. And on the other end, offensively, equally as impressive from a turnover standpoint, we only turned the ball over 12 times versus Southern, which is – that's impressive considering the pace that we want to play at. Uh, that mm-hmm. generally leads to turnovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but how, how big is it as our point guard play been? It's been huge. Uh, it's been huge. You know, at, and, and what I like about our point guard play – is the lack of drop off when when Coach Brent changes lineups, you know. So Correct. whether you whether you got Jonas out there or Tristan out there or even Peanut out there, it you don't see, you know, like a oh man, what we're we gonna do now? You know, we got to sit this guard. Uh, there is an intense effort in ball handling and up tempo, bringing it up. Uh, they're solid on their defensive assignments, and I, I tell you, man. Uh, Peanut made what two or three huge three points in Southern. Yeah, yeah. Were huge. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, yeah, you know, big so time shot. You you get in this comfort zone. At least I mean, speaking from the the other school defense, that you think he's not going to shoot, but he will light you up if 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 you just focus too much on the other two guards. And it reminds me of that championship run. Same kind of team blue collar work mentality. You know, when the bad boys, the Pistons, had that three guard offense. Mm. Dumont, yeah. Zeke, and Benny J. You know, you mm-hmm. get Jonas, Tristan, uh, and Peanut clicking. You know, the, the, the size factor no longer matters. You know, because those guys can move the ball and score, and they get your bigs in foul trouble because they don't mind going to the basket. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, you know, actually, Ross was one of those guys I thought about when you mentioned Corey. You mentioned having a third scorer emerge. Mm-hmm. You know, he needs to be that guy. He so the guy that can get you those those clutch threes. You know, going into a swag tournament. You know, there might be a time where Tristan is off and Roland is off, and we, we need a guy like, like Ross to come in and, you know, make some big threes down the stretch to kind of keep us afloat until um, until our, our leading scorers can get can get locked in and, and get something going. So I think Ross is the one that I want to emerge as the third scorer. But, yeah, guard play has been definitely been turned up. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you nothing. Keep your, keep your eyes out on uh, uh, Kenneth Lewis, the freshman, number 14. Right. He finally started getting some minutes, and he has definitely made the most of them. That that kid, he mm-hmm. can play, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he can he can flat out play. So if we ever get in in to some foul trouble, or God forbid, have an injury emerge, uh, we we're pretty deep at that guard spot. So I, I think that we can maintain an intense effort at least from up top and pushing the ball. All right, you are listening to Tiger Talk with the fourteen hundred club. We're talking men's basketball. Coach Wayne Brent has the team. Streaking right now, five wins in a row. But looking ahead, we have that gauntlet coming up. We have at Texas, <laughs> at Prairie View, at Gremlin. So good thing we we got those five wins in. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But no, but in all seriousness, what do you guys think about this upcoming uh, three game trip? How do you think we can uh, we can fare? It's definitely going to be tough. You know, those are the three toughest games left on that schedule besides the Alabama State game. You know, Graham is on that. You know, they're one of the hottest team in the SWAC right now on a four-game winning streak. I don't think Prairie View, they, they've won, what, 22 games in a row at the Baby Dome? So that's wow. going to be tough, yeah. And, you know, Texas Hers is one of the premier basketball programs in the SWAC, so. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, you know, I, I think that it's uh it's one of those situations where two two out of three of those games we're playing a better team. Okay. Yeah. And and I don't yeah. think I don't think there's that's a slight to to my team by by admitting that. Uh you know, they have some some longer players. It's uh a home game for them this time around. You know, there're just certain advantages uh that they have in this in this three-game swing we're about to go on that we don't have. But here's the good litmus test for me. It's mm-hmm. not so much as winning all three of them or winning all two winning two or three of them. If we are competitive, keep it close can steal one or two of those games, it bodes well because at some point in the tournament, you've got to beat somebody better than you. Yeah. You right. know, there's just, that you don't right. win the swag championship with you know without getting past somebody that on paper you probably don't match up too well. And so right. we gotta right. find a way to learn how to win those games that we shouldn't that Vegas says we shouldn't win. And and this is gonna be a good test coming with a five game win streak, coming with no excuses, we're clicking, we know each other. We got verbal communication, nonverbal going, uh, and to go into those environments. And if we can keep those things close and have one of these guards nail one of these threes at the end that they don't think we can hit yet, uh, you know, th- they being the defender, I think I think we can do well and get a win out of there. All right. And, and speaking of that, as far as us potentially or at some point eventually having to upset a team that's quote unquote better than us or has a better record than us. Who do you think is the team to beat in the swag? Uh, I think it's Texas Prairie. Southern until proven otherwise. You know, you know, Prairie View, Prairie View is number is number one. Texas Southern may taking a step back, but uh, I have a feeling when they get into the swag tournament, you know, they're they're going to turn into a whole different animal. And right, I, I think that, that that's going to be uh, the team to beat. Prairie View is one of those teams that I could see being upset. Prairie View kind of reminds me of the team we had. Um, under under Coach Anderson, when uh, you know Grant Max was out, and I think we, we we lost one swag game. Yeah, seventeen and one. Seventeen and one. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Then we got into the swag tournament against Grambling. Then mm-hmm. crapped out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, their quarterback, their quarterback kind of shot them threes that game, right? Like that's not that first round. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He just kind of came <laughs> out of nowhere and just just shot the lights out. <laughs> and I was just sitting looking at my in my computer monitor like, what, what just happened? Right. But, uh, Prairie View, they, I, I kind of got their aura about them for some reason. I, I still think Texas Southern is a team that 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 we that we've got to beat. Right. Yeah, I can't call it, man. I I think uh, I I agree with that though. I I can't argue against anything you just said, but it's such a toss up to me between which of those are the top dog in the swag. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I, I don't want to play either one of them. <laughs> you know, but, right. but, but, <laughs> but it's, it's one of those situations where hell, you you got to get in there and fight. Mm-hmm. You got to be competitive to get to get your confidence up. You know, because this 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 win streak is a, a definite confident booster. But now you got to right. go on the road. Got to go to Texas. Got to get them in the same you know three day span. Uh, right. Getting getting one of those wins is huge momentum for us finishing out the regular season and headed to the tournament. So. Right. I don't know which one is the toughest, but man, they they are they've got some squads. Right. I'll say yeah. Prairie View. You know, in order to be the champ, you got to beat the champ, and you know Prairie View is the the reigning champion from last season. So, great point. And they have the best True. defense in the swag. So, right, I'll say right. Prairie View got toughest out. Right. All right. Well, Coach Brent seems to have his guys clicking on all cylinders. Well, I'll say most cylinders, <laughs> not all. <laughs> 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 He's have guys clicking on most cylinders right at the right time, and. 
you know, that's important for him because he's obviously in the final year of a contract. Mm -hmm. I know his goal is to get a contract extension, and I know that helps with, uh, you know, recruiting and things of that nature. So what do you guys mm -hmm. think he has to do or what does his team have to do in order to secure that extension for Coach Brent? Uh, Champion. I, yeah. I think you got to go out of the That's way. it. Yeah. yeah big dance. Way. I think you got to go dance. out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, the JSU fan base, you know, it's been 2007 since our last tournament appearance. And, you know, right now, which is, which is hungry for, you know, that, that March Madness. And I think that winning the, the swag, winning the swag tournament, um, I think that's what it's going to take. You know, I, I don't think it's going to be anything less than that. We've advanced to the, the final round, but we have to get over that hump this year. Yeah, I, I agree. I, and I think that uh, I think the coaching staff knows that. I think the players know that. I think they've bought into it, and that's why you're seeing this this grinded out mentality. Uh, right. That it's that it's all or nothing, and and even then. You know, you still don't know because speaking from the business side of it, whether it's professional sports or collegiate sports, when you get to a final year and you don't have an extension, mm -hmm. it's just writing on the wall what you have to do, you know, to get it to get a new contract. Correct. And um, I will say this, not only as a Jacksonian in the sense of, you know, being an alum, but a Jacksonian and being from Jackson and, and grew up with Brandon and, 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 and know him and got to see his career at other schools and high schools and colleges, uh, regardless of the contract situation, what, what I love about what the players are doing and his staff and everything he's doing, like this is the way you want to go out. Uh, because no matter how the fans may feel about Brent these past couple of seasons, uh, no matter how much we may feel we need to be back in the big dance, and I get all that, the fact remains we have a, a Mississippi legend as a coach. And if this truly is going to be his his last year, of, of at least contractually right now, that's the way it stands, you know, I would like to see him, you know, put the best foot forward and put the best record out there with this team that he can just so that career, if it's going to be it, has that nice note to it. Because uh, the way we were starting this season was totally opposite how you want to see a guy like that go out. And right, now they've right. turned it around. And, and man, I, I say, man, keep going. And, and because if, if he can get in this get in this tournament, get some big wins and win it all, you know, who knows what happened. I, you know, clearly the rumors of his, his demise have been greatly exaggerated because he turned mm -hmm. around. You know, uh, who would have thought six weeks ago <laughs> that we would be sitting here, you know, where we are now. <laughs> uh, so who, who knows, man? Well, there you have it, Coach Brent. We want to see you go all the way. No pressure, but let us go all the way. <laughs> no, no pressure. No pressure, yeah. And, and let's bring you back next year so we can go all the way yeah. again. <laughs> all right, well, that'll do it for this episode of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And, again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users rate and review the show and everyone follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook. Leave a comment or a question while you're at it and we'll be sure to read it on air. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department. It all starts with you downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show and tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, so on and we'll be posting every episode on our facebook page as always thank you for your support and on that note go tigers <laughs>
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.